Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back better than ever. It's the RVK and we are going to talk about Oklahoma, BYU, basketball and more. Come check us out. It's time to go. Rest me voice. This podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. Shop today at www.charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. This podcast is brought to you in part by Modern Appalachian Kitchen. A small, local Morgantown business is giving WVU fans and Morgantown something to talk about. This local candy kitchen is home to the Marshmallow Couch. That's right. Now you can relive the infamous WVU winning celebration with a couch that you can eat instead of catching on fire in the middle of the street. Order your marshmallow couch and other sweet treats at modernappalachiankitchen.com. We are part of the 1012 Patreon. Please be a part of our 1012 Patreon where you can get behind the scenes information, show participation, and other things. It is www.patreon.com slash 1012 network. Thanks everyone for listening and supporting the Raspy Voice Kids. Raspy Voice! This is Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate Pitt, joined by my brother... Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix in the building in the booth. Let's go, baby. We are here to talk about West Virginia University and more. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now tuned into the Raspy Voice Kid podcast. Like I said in the beginning, we are back and better than ever. Jeremy, the Mountaineers put together, in my estimation, the best total game of the Neil Brown era 
against a Power 5 opponent when they rolled up on BYU 37-7 at home. They did their job, and they did it well. What were your takeaways from that game? I loved it. I loved every single second of it. This, this was one of the few times where you've seen a Neil Brown-led coach, uh, Neil Brown-led team play offense and play defense in the same game. We've been complaining about it. Why can't we have one? We always have one and not the other. Well, it happened. Saturday night, it happened. And boy, was it glorious. Our defense was locked down, shut down, made them look like the group of five team that they are. Our offense also looked unstoppable. Granted, we were playing BYU, but we made them look like the group of five team that they were. And I don't need to keep piling on, but I just love it. Once, when my team actually backs up our why we hate, and we get to stun on them afterwards. I mean, it feels good. You inspire me to do more, West Virginia. This is this this is this is a t this is a partnership. We talk trash, you back it up, and that's how it goes. So it was wonderful to see, and that's what we've been hoping and looking forward to. It actually happened because sometimes this stuff doesn't materialize. It actually materialized where we played offense and defense, same game, and blew them out. We talk trash, y'all bust they tail. That's how it go. Jeremy, we put up 567 total yards, 231 passing, 336 yards rushing. And you know I got to do it to him. Jeremy, do you know how many yards my boy Jahim White rushed for? Get him. Get him. 16 carries, 146 yards, 9.1 yards per carry. The thing that I just wish, Jeremy, I wish Jaheim White was ready. If only he were ready. You know, if he was just, if he could just be in a place where he was prepared mentally and physically to, to play at this level, we'd be so much better. But we'll just have to wait till he's ready to play at this level. I love how you called him Jahim. Did you come up with that? No, I did not come up with Jahim White. Uh, Mountaineer Paul said he would steal it from me. I told him, go ahead, because I stole it from somebody else. I don't even remember who started calling him Jahim White. It was on Twitter, though. I saw it. I know Jeff Ruff called him Jahim White. I don't know who started it, though, but that's the best name for him. Oh, Jahim, absolutely. Jahim. That dude you need, the- you need a him. That's what, they, that, that's what they always talk about. You need that guy. And, he is and he's him. He's him. He's 100% him. And you've been Jeremy- telling it for a long time. And I'm just now new to this thing, new to, like, no, he is one of the best backs we've had in the past eight years at West Virginia. There's something explosive. There's something, when you look at other running backs in the Big 12, you don't necessarily like, oh, man. Like there's, there's times in past years we talk about running backs, how great they were, and I look at other teams' running backs, and I felt a little envy. With him on our squad, I do not feel envious. That dude is a monster. He's nice. He's so nice. He's a... He's a freshman, and he sets up his blocks. He's a freshman, and he makes people miss. He's a freshman, and he has true burst. He reminds me, the unfortunate thing is, I don't think he has top-end speed. You know who he reminds me of, honestly, the way he runs? Wendell Smallwood? No, Avon Coburn. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, The all-time leading rusher? Yeah, I'll take that too, I agree. And C.J. Donaldson was no slouch either. 14 carries, 102 yards, 7.3 yards yards per carry two tutties jeremy that is thunder and lightning if they can keep that combination together that is thunder and lightning that is what you want 
especially with Garrett Green at the helm, that is what you want. 12 of 24, 205 yards and two touchdowns for Garrett Green. That is serviceable. And by the way, th- when that's you have true. a running game like that, that is true thunder and lightning. Who was the running back that we got? We got from, he went to Pitt. He was like a five-star running back. Then came to us. He split uh, I'm time. Looking with- at his, I'm looking at his face. He split time with Wendell Smallwood. Russell Shell. Okay. When Russell Shell was here, I remember him talking in an interview. Him and he was talking about him and Jamal Crawford, Justin Crawford, and said, "Yeah, there's thunder and lightning. I wear him down. He runs around him. No." That was not thunder and lightning. That may have been a tremble. You know, that, that may have been heat, heat lightning and a tremble. <laughs> Granted, we truly have a thunder and a lightning. We got, I'm not calling him Owen Schmidt and Steve Slayton, but no. Jaheim will run around you and he's quick and explosive and, and CJ's going to fall forward and get us those first downs. Like we truly, and, and it's overused. Thunder and lightning is overused. But the truth is we, re- we really have that. CJ is a monster if you put him inside the tackles. And and then and then you have Jaheim. This is a true thunder lightning. And I'm not trying to hit on Russell Shell. I'm just saying <laughs> he, it didn't we, work we, out the way he wanted it to. Oh man, definitely did not. So yeah, and then Jordan Leslie recognized nationally uh, for being one of the best assistant coaches, one of the best coordinators of the week. Tony Gibson as well. Shout out to our guy Gibby. It the was just and, a good week. The up and down year. That uh, our defensive coordinators had, man. You can't understand. Yeah, it. it's, they, it's been more it, it, down than up, to be honest. I, I feel like when when Kanye said he was talking about being uh, it, like being bipolar. They love me, then they hate me, then they love me again. You know, and uh, yeah. that's that's what he does, man. He he played like I I feel like I said this this year hasn't been spectacular on defense, but against BYU they played ball, and I couldn't be more. Uh, proud and happy with Jordan Leslie. But they got a whole new monster coming in next week, and that's the truth. Yeah, I want to say another thing about the BYU game, though. The fans showed out. We had good fan support for that game, and people took note. And it, it was a that, nationally televised but it said, game. It said there was only 50,000 in, in the building, even though it looked like more than that. It sounded it like a, more than that. It was a loud 50,000 then. That's how I felt about it. They made noise. They stayed for the whole game. It, it was good. And then they sung the song for Sataki, whatever his name is. Yes, they sang that song for him. And hats off to BYU, but who by most accounts was classy. Not saying that everything they did, because there was reports that they were barking out, um, they were barking things out uh, while Garrett Green was trying to get the snap, get the play called or, you know, snap the ball. I think that's just gamesmanship. People do that. It's illegal. It should have been called by the referees. Or, but I don't hold that against them. They were classy. They carried the state flag out when they came out. They stuck around for country roads. Heard nothing but good things about their fans. I personally have never had, not that all BYU fans are Mormons. That's not true necessarily. But I've never had a bad interaction with a Mormon. I never have. And they represented themselves with true class in Morgantown according to all reports. So hats off to, to BYU, to the Cougars. Uh, yeah, hats off to them. And their mascot, and Jeremy, I rarely, there are very few mascots that I will give props to. And I appreciate any- you bringing it up because before, before this year even started, I, I remember seeing some things on TikTok and Instagram. He gets down. Boy gets, boy, to use the old term, Every boy get year. jiggy with it. The boy get jiggy with it. 
Cosmo, Cosmo is is one of the best mascots in all really of college is. football. He really that is. dude does his thing. He's one of the best. That's but I will, real. I will also say, like, we upgraded some of our mascots because I'm telling you, I like the UCF Knight too. The UCF Knight is dope. He's dope, but he's not Cosmo. No, Cosmo, Cosmo like you said, gets down. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. We have definitely upgraded. You got the UCF Knight, who's dope. Cosmo is literally top five mascot in the country. Uh, obviously, our our mascot is is great. But then you look at Texas Tech, and they just they just try to hold us back. I mean, what was Texas Tech doing? When they made when they made their mascot, what was Oklahoma State doing when they made creepy old drunkard? That's that's what he is, creepy old drunkard. I'm sure I'm sure if he was a real person, he would have a few domestic violence. At best, that would be his best case scenario for his charges. I'm just serious. Uh, tax evasion too. He looked like the tax evasion. Like he buries his money. Okay, tax that, that he ain't got no job. He ain't got no job. Tax oh, evasion. He ain't got no job. <laughs> yeah, I'm Tommy, just saying. Tommy ain't got no job. Got so no now job. that moves us on to Oklahoma week. Oklahoma has owned us in conference, but we own the last victory. Garrett Green is the sooner killer. It's time for him to put up another performance because we go to Norman where we had them on the ropes the last time we were there, but we could not finish the job. They did not lead all game until the final whistle blew. Um, Jeremy, do you have feelings about this game? We're 13-point dogs the last time I checked. Um, so I've been beaten into submission to, to train my mind to when you see Oklahoma on the schedule, you're just going to lose. Um, there's many years I came in here thinking, no matter what, yo, this is our year. And after so many times not coming up successful, I, I, you know, I gave in. Hey, look, we're going to lose every time. Last year, somehow, someway, we pulled it out. And it makes me feel like maybe I can have confidence, but I'm scared, Brandon. I think all Mountaineer Nation, maybe, maybe because what we just did to BYU, maybe because we beat them last year, they can have, we can have more confidence. But usually when you see Oklahoma on the schedule, you just chalk it up as an as a L. I will say, Last year, we were able to run the ball all over them. Yes. We had over 200 yards. We had, what, 203 yards rushing. Now, if you look closer, 119 of those came from Garrett Green. So um, that's the quarterback taking off, not necessarily design run plays, but the quarterback making something out of nothing. The actual running backs, we really didn't have a whole lot of success running on them from our running back, like, like called running plays. But guess what? First of all, we have yeah. better running backs this year than we did last year. Yeah. And also, that guy, Garrett Green, is still here. And if you looked at Oklahoma's defense, they're prone to giving up rushing yards. We have a chance, they Brandon. Are. We have a chance. They are, but they only gave up 4.2 yards per carry to Ollie Gordon. And Ollie Gordon is the best running back in our league. So I will give them credit for keeping him in check. Not that they stopped him, but he had to get 33 carries to put up the numbers that he did. Okay. 4.2 yards per carry is nothing to sniff at. It's not terrible, but it's not what Jaheim White and C.J. Donaldson have been doing as of late. Like you said, we put up those numbers last year. We did that without C.J. Donaldson because, remember, he was hurt. Yep, yep. He has we not played without, in this game. He has not played in this game. We did that without Jaheim White because he wasn't on the squad. So this is a different situation rushing the ball. The Sooner defense is faster than it was last year. 
And they're better. But they, they are better. They're better. But I'll tell you right now, Jeremy, I told you this to begin with, and you told me I owed Brent Venables an apology. Remember that? Oh, I do. I do. Do you still feel that way now that they've lost two in a row? Kansas and Oklahoma State? Uh, let's see. Oklahoma sitting at number... Oh, they're down at 17. Yes. Uh, yeah. I do. Because it, it, Oklahoma, it, Oklahoma does not believe in being number 17. I talk to Oklahoma fans. Shout out to Crystal. I talk to Oklahoma fans. They are not happy with where they are. They, they compete for championships. They evaluate their team based on how many championships they have. Being number 17, not winning bedlam of all things, is not okay with them. Now, beating Texas is solace for them. But not being in a college football playoff hunt, being on the outside looking in for the Big 12 championship run, Jeremy, this is not where they want to be. Brent Venables is not where they want to be. And Brent Venables employing Jeff Levy, who's not getting the job done offensively, I'm telling you right now, I don't think I owe Brent Venables an apology. I told you before, I didn't trust Dylan Gabriel, and I don't trust Brent Venables, and I still don't. I still don't. Dylan Gabriel did his thing against Texas. Great comeback win. But he could not get it done against Kansas, and he did not get it done against Oklahoma State. Terrible pass interference not being called, with you know, notwithstanding. Sounds like uh, you're picking West Virginia. I didn't say I'm picking West Virginia. I'm just saying I don't trust Oklahoma. This is not your big brother's Oklahoma football team. Brent Venables is not Lincoln Riley. Brent Venables is certainly not Bob Stoops. And he will never be Barry Switzer. Okay. I I feel like that's a... That's a little floor, floor gleaming or for for gleaming <laughs> foreshadowing foreshadowing. I don't know a little bit of why we hate. I feel like you, a little you, bit of why we hate. You look, show look, a little ammunition. You, right you show a little ammunition. These these you about to look. Stick around for why we hate because it's gonna be nice. But anyway, back to the topic. I will say this: one thing that's that's been a struggle for Oklahoma is they've had injuries. They've had injuries to the running backs. They've had injuries to their best wide receiver, and that he's been out since the Texas game with a season-ending injury. Those things have hindered their offense. They're not the same squad that beat Texas. Okay. And you can see it on the field. They almost lost to UCF. I've said this multiple times on the show. Jeremy, the UCF team that we beat by double digits, by two touchdowns, they almost lost to. They were a, they were a failed two-point conversion away from going to overtime with UCF. In Norman, this is not your big brother's Oklahoma team. Now I hear what you're saying, and and hopefully you're right, because this is a big one. This is the season. This is this is a difference, Brandon, between Neil Brown having a really good season and him having an okay season. Because the way I feel is, you win the games you have to, you win the games that you can. Um, right now we're sitting at what? Six and three, seven and three, six, six and, three. and three, bowl eligible. Would you say not? Let's change it, Jeremy. Would you call this a difference between a good season and a great season? Well, no. The, the reason why I can't say great season is because Oklahoma. Let me finish my point to the fact of Oklahoma. Okay. This game is everything. Okay. This, this game is everything. This game is everything. If you look at the standings, whoever loses is going to be eliminated from even thinking about getting to the conference championship. The problem is. Oklahoma State and Texas, both we need either one of them to lose at least one game. I don't know if it's going to happen. 
And so, even if we beat Oklahoma, I don't know if I can call a great season if we don't make it into the Big 12 championship game. That's the reason why I can't just call it a great season, even if we win. That's why I say really good and okay. Because if we lose, we're out and, and we're kind of buried and who knows what bowl game we go to. Hey, look, we're still happy that we're going to a bowl game. But I, we've had an especially soft, I mean, if we're going to be real, if we're going to be absolutely real, we've had a soft schedule, Brandon. If you look at the Big 12 conference standings, if you look at the top seven, we play two teams inside the top seven of our conference. We play Oklahoma and we play Oklahoma State. Here's the teams in the top seven of the Big 12. Texas, Oklahoma State, Kansas, OU, Kansas State, West Virginia, and Iowa State. Once again, we play two of those teams in the top seven. Listen to the bottom half of our uh, of the Big 12. The bottom half is Texas Tech, TCU, Houston, BYU, Baylor, UCF, Cincinnati. So we're getting all our wins on these bottom feeders, literally. Um, look, you can only play the team on your schedule, and that's the bottom line. And so I'm glad when we go out there and get these W's. But to feel like we've done something great, we're going to have to beat Oklahoma and somehow find a way, which is not all, totally in our control anymore, because uh, especially the Houston game, to get into the Big 12 championship so that we have a chance. I mean, so that, you know, it could be a, a really great season. But that's the thing. I don't see Texas losing any of their last three games. I really don't see Oklahoma State losing any of their last three games. I understand Oklahoma State's only a couple-point favorite against UCF this weekend. I don't know how. Maybe it's because of the hangover from Bedlam. And by the way, that's what makes me feel a little bit more confident about this Oklahoma game. We are playing them. Now, granted, they've lost two in a row, and that's tough. But, but, they played a very physical game against Oklahoma State. Bedlam is when you get as high as you can. Can this, I don't know, this um, game, this Oklahoma State game beat them twice? Can they not be ready for West Virginia because maybe they don't think we're that good? I don't know. We just had a shutout, so you wouldn't think so. But these are college kids that we're talking about. Coming to play Oklahoma the week after they play Oklahoma State is a blessing. Once again, with our schedule, we've had blessings all around. So I don't know. I'm just hoping we can pull it off. But make no mistake about it, this is a huge game for the Neil Brown era because a lot rides on winning or losing this game against Oklahoma. You're right. I agree with you 100%. I will say this. West Virginia's strength of schedule, according to Power Rankings Guru, is 33. Okay. So the, the average opponent rank is 52.5, which is not terrible. So we haven't had an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, in conference, it's been pretty easy. I think it's skewed because of Penn State. Plus, you also have but, to figure out the fact that we have more power, I mean, more, yeah, power five teams on our schedule. Because um, then we have one extra. Everybody else had an extra cream puff, and the Big 12 didn't play it like that. Well, at least we didn't play it like that. So we had yeah. an extra power five team before the season started, I knew in the, to begin with, before the year, West Virginia was in the top five as toughest schedules. Now that the season's played out, I'm not sure if that, that you know, actually 
is the same thing. But I will say, we play one extra Power 5 team against everybody else's, whoever they want to play, Northwest, Central, Directional, State College. So, yeah, it, it helps strengthen our, our, our strength of schedule. But uh, like I said, you, you can only play who's on your schedule. Being 6-3 and three is a big deal. And like I said, it, comes, it all comes down to the Oklahoma game, man. So that's how we feel about BYU. That's how we feel about Oklahoma. Jeremy, it's time to talk basketball. Josh Eilert and the Mountaineers not only beat Missouri State, they covered the spread. And like I always say, good teams win, great teams cover. And we got to sing the song for Coach Eilert in the Coliseum in his first victory as a Mountaineer head coach. Interim, but head coach nonetheless. So shout to Josh Eilert, friend of the show. How, how do you feel about this team so far? Um, <clears throat> man, we're, we're man. He just inherited something that that is is tough, and so to get the win is big. First of all, first and foremost, getting that win, first win, like that's something that could never be taken away. As a head coach, you're one and zero. Love it. You did it on your home court. We've all seen the crazy offseason that's happened with West Virginia. So to be able to get that W, I understand we were down a half. I understand we only played seven players, Brandon. But it's going to be yeah. like that throughout the entire year. Granted, yeah. when we, we get a Cooker Cook back, uh, Kirk Carissa after nine games, they, these guys can't get back quick enough because we need the depth. But uh, like I'm, I'm just like every other Mountaineer. We're just rooting for Eiler. And let's say this thing goes south and it's terrible. I feel like Eilert has won the state over. And I know things change when you start losing. But I think we've all we all can recognize and say right now, while we're one and oh, he's been dealt a terrible hand. A terrible hand. But I but I hope he does it. And I think he will. Um, you know, I think his kids are gonna play hard for him. They did the other night. It's kind of like, you know, kind of resembled what you kind of thought you were gonna get, where we came back. We I think there was a spot where we missed 21 straight shots. Kind of looked yeah. like old West Virginia, but we got gritty and we came back and we finished the game. We're one and oh. And right now, this is pass or fail for right now. Why why especially while we ha- don't even have our whole roster? We're one and oh. And I and I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the coaching staff. And let's go get another one. I don't even think it's pass or fail, to be fair. I think it's survive in advance. There you Just go. keep surviving. Keep your head above water. We don't have enough players at guard in the front court. Like we just don't have enough players because of eligibility issues, because of a cook's uh, health issues. This is just survive. We're in full on survival mode. And I know the coaching staff's not making excuses, but I am. And I'm allowed to, I'm an observer. I am a fan. And I'm not in the business of making excuses where they're not due, but right here, they're due. On a positive note, Jesse Edwards was 13, had 13 points, 13 rebounds, and he was double-teamed the majority of the game. Slazinski had 18 points. He's a dude. Absolutely big. If we can get Chris back, well, when we get Chris back, and if somehow, by the grace of the sports gods, lowercase g, we get Raekwon battle, which I do not think is going to happen, not because the NCAA cheats, but because this is the precedent they have set. You can't transfer twice and not graduate and play. 
They made Jose Perez sit out last year. They're going to make Raekwon Battle sit out. Almost guaranteed. But if somehow we get uh, Raekwon Battle back, this team can be formidable. It can be really formidable. Missouri State's no slouch, by the way. They're picked to win their league, which means they're an NCAA tournament team. So just FYI, that was a good win. It wasn't just a win. It was a good win. We'll see where we go from here. But we're rooting for Eilert, Deshaun Butler, Jordan McCabe, Alex Ruoff, DeMar Johnson, and the rest of them to do their thing, of course. So, you know, we'll see how it goes, right? Yeah. Speaking of uh, how it goes, do you hear any? Uh, you hear hear any of the hugging stuff? I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest, Jeremy. I'm over it. Yep. We have a new head coach. The program has moved on. The university has moved on. I love Huggins. He's been nothing but good to me. But the conversation that he had. <clears throat> does not serve any positive purpose in my estimation. What's done is done. It's not going to be reversed. I don't think this is worth even talking about. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. We are where we are. Um, and I don't want to say we've moved on, but you have to. You have to do what's best for the program. And I understand he expressed some feelings and some thoughts and, you know, clarity on his side of what transpired. But, like, I'm with you. Like, the basketball season started. And uh, I think that's my main focus. Like, hey, let's win games because this other stuff is just distractions right now. Shenanigans. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk NCAA football for the weekend. I'll give you a second to get to whatever source you use <clears throat> to pick the games you want to see this weekend, the results you want to see this weekend, so we can get all of this out of our system. All see, right, the first for- game that I'm interested in. Go ahead. Hit them up. Michigan, Penn State. Jeremy. I don't know that Michigan has ever been in the villain role, but they certainly are now. I have hated Michigan for a long time. For reasons I don't feel like talking about in the moment. Well, yeah, I will. I have never met a more sanctimonious group of fans in my life. People who want to talk about academics when their football product isn't good. Now, it's been good lately, and they finally figured out a way to beat Ohio State on a consistent basis. But when they're not, they want to talk about grades and acceptance rates and all this other nonsense. They want to talk about ethics and morality and just baloney when it comes to the sports world. And here they are in a cheating scandal, a brazen, blatant, obvious, caught out there cheating scandal. Yeah, I need Penn State to beat them. I need Penn State to beat them before they even get to Ohio State. So I'm going to be paying attention to that game on Saturday. It would be great if Penn State could pull off the win. I have no faith in Penn State. I honestly honestly think this is going to be a big-time whipping. Not big-time whipping, but I think they're going to win by double digits because I don't believe in Penn State. I I can say it again. I will say 
the game that actually has me intrigued too is, you know, 12 o'clock, Alabama, Kentucky. Kentucky has lost some games and maybe they should have won. But Kentucky, but Alabama doesn't blow teams out. Um, I guess last week they played well. But Alabama versus Kentucky. Kentucky hates Alabama. I, I think the whole SEC hates each other. I am interested in that game. It's 11-point spread. It's in Lexington. But that's that's a noon kickoff, so that's interesting to me. I would like to see the continuation of James Madison, who should be eligible for a bowl game. It's That's another bogus situation by the NCAA. I know they knew the rules when they signed up. The rules would be changed. So I hope James Madison goes out and beats UConn Saturday, November 11th at Well, tell the people what you talk about. Tell the people what you talk about. James Madison is not eligible because they moved up to FBS so they're not eligible for a bowl game, regardless of their record. Regar- they could go undefeated, win every game by 50 points, and they would not be eligible to play in a bowl game. And I think it, it's baloney. And I'm it, not the it, only one. Lots of people do. No, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Another game for you? Uh, Florida State, Miami. I just I keep I keep hoping this gets its, you know... It, 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 that feeling, that rivalry game, the you know, the the fireworks. I, I keep hoping that the juice gets back into this rivalry game. And uh, last few years, it has not. This year could be a little different. I understand Miami had a couple bad losses. They started off the year really good. Florida State, I've, I finally came over to the fact that they're the real deal. I think Florida State's going to win it. But I just would love for this game to be a knockout, grind out, Old school Florida State Miami wide left game like it used to be. I just hope Akeem Mesador feels safe in Miami. Um, you think that was funny? I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for Missouri, sure. By the way, Tennessee Missouri. Right. Tennessee Missouri looks good too. Uh, Tennessee one point favorite on the road. Missouri actually. I feel yes. like it's a pretty solid team. Tennessee obviously has talent on their roster. It'll be it'll be nice to see. I mean, not nice to see, but it's three three thirty p.m. Tennessee, Missouri. That's that's another good game. This actually has a pretty good slate for Saturday. This is a really good slate. And by the way, you were right. Missouri took Georgia and made them work for it. You were right. I thought Georgia would be fired up. I thought they would be focused, and I thought they were going to take it out of Mizzou, and they didn't. So. That Tennessee-Missouri game should be good, especially since it's being played at Missouri. Let me tell everybody. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me tell everybody from, from the mountaintops, this Rutgers-Iowa game. Rutgers is not your, I mean, not what you remember. Shiano is back in Rutgers. Shiano has made Rutgers respectable again. They're 6-3. and three. Um, He's going to have them going up and up and up. I said before the year started, Ask the guys at work. Rutgers is going to win eight games. They're six and three right now. They're playing Iowa, who is ranked number 22 for no reason other than they're in the West and they're trying to prop them up so that whoever wins the East can beat Iowa in the West. There is no reason for Iowa to ever be ranked number 22. But anyway, they are number 22. They're one and a half point favorites. I'm not a betting man, but if you are, oh my goodness, am I crushing? I'm taking Rutgers all day and tomorrow and not just to cover the spread. I'm taking Rutgers to win that game. Listen to me again. Rutgers will, will, will. That's my lock of the week. Rutgers will beat Iowa on Saturday. You know what I'm taking in that game? The under. That is my lock of the week. 
And then we have a game out in the Pac-12 between Utah and Washington that should be a good one. Saturday at 3.30, the Utes and the Huskies. I think that should be a really good game, Jay. Yeah. Clash of styles, man. Clash of styles. I don't. A game I, that is getting a lot of pub that I don't think will be good. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think Ugga versus Ole Miss is going to be good. I think Ugga dog walks them. I was wondering. I was wondering because they said that uh, <clears throat> game day was going to be at Georgia. And for some reason, the other day, I could not remember who Georgia played. Oh, they play, they, they play the fight in Lane Kiffins. Who I love. Love Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Lane Kiffin. I can't stand him. There's something I like you about him. You can't stand Lane Kiffin? I don't want Lane Kiffin winning nothing. When he dogged it for Alabama and didn't prepare the way he should have for Alabama, had to be dismissed before a playoff game. No, no, I don't like Tosh.0. Nope, I do not. Tosh.0. Uh, by the way, you, you know, have you seen Lane Kiffin's girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know about her? Him and Sark. Redeeming. Wait, Sark has a young girlfriend too? Oh, no, no. My bad. Huh? No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe not. It, all right, tell me, tell me about Lane Kiffin's girlfriend. I don't know. Uh, so Lane Kiffin is 48. His girlfriend, Sally Richlack. Hold on. No, it's not going to let me look at it. Shoot. His girlfriend's like 23 or something. And okay. I ain't mad at her. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mad at her. <clears throat> I, thought, I thought she was black. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. I thought she was black. Excuse me. <laughs> That's why I said him and Sark. That's why I said him and Sark redeeming. <laughs> uh, you, do know that, you do know that Lane Kiffin coaches Ole Miss, Jeremy, right? It's true. It's true. All right. The, the running rebels who only got rid of the Confederate flag <laughs> like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Any other, any other games you're interested in? You're, in, you're interested in the basketball game, Duke versus North Carolina? No, 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 not at all. USC, Oregon, uh, any feelings about that? Yeah, I mean, the offense should be fun to watch, but I mean, I'm not really excited about that game because I think, I think that Oregon wins that game pretty easily. Well, the last thing I will say is the game that we all need to be paying attention to. And actually, there's two. Texas TCU. That is at 7.30 on ABC. You have to be watching, or at least paying attention to, and you also have to be paying attention to Oklahoma State UCF, which is at 3.30. It's only a two-and-a-half point spread. The reason why these games are important is because they're sitting at the top of the Big 12, and we need one of them to lose if somehow we can, you know, have a chance to even make it in. One of these two teams have to lose in the last few weeks. So, from here on out, we got to keep dibs on what's Texas doing. And what Oklahoma State's doing. That moves us to the NFL. Sunday, well, first of all, Thursday night football tonight. We got Thursday night football, which is Panthers-Bears, which I do not know how in the world they decided to put that game on television. Uh, but they did. Hopefully Tyson Bajan will get to play because I don't want to see Justin Fields. I only care about the West Virginia boy. We'll see what happens there. Jeremy, does anything else jump out at you from the schedule? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, remember when you said Miami was going to whip the arrogant Chiefs? I was hoping. 
I, I don't know if I said they were going to whip them either. You said think, they I would. Think, uh, I think I was hoping because they're arrogant. The Chiefs are so arrogant that they don't go out and make any moves at the trade deadline. But, hey, they got it done. Or, so. or they're wise. The cheapos aren't wise anyway. Um, Texas, the Texans Bengals. That's interesting to me. Yes. CJ Stroud against Joey B. CJ Stroud threw for 470 yards, a rookie record, five touchdowns. I mean, like somebody said, he was the number two pick and clearly a giant steal. Yeah, no. Dude is balling. Dude is balling. Unfortunately, the Bengals are also balling. Unfortunately, the Bengals defense is also great. The Bengals are whipping it into shape, and they're showing like they're going to be a force to be dealt with in the AFC. Got to be honest, after that, I, there's nothing I'm really looking forward to. Browns, Ravens, maybe? Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Ravens, yeah. six-point favorites. Uh, Ravens have been playing really well. The Browns now getting their quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson, back. Can they? You know, last week they played well. But, Brandon, they're in the AFC, was it North? Is that the AFC North? Anyways, whatever conference. Yeah, they yeah, are in, AFC like North. Every, AFC every, North. Game, every game is, is big time because everybody in that AFC North is good. Cincinnati, the Ravens, Pittsburgh, the Browns, they all have winning records. They all have won at least five games. Every game is very important, so that's important too. Um, but I, I also look at the 49ers versus Jaguars. The Jags are six and two. The Niners are five and three. But the Niners came off two ugly losses. They're banged up. They're hurt. They're actually not in a dogfight, but they're right neck and neck with the Seattle Seahawks for the division. Who has the best uh, record in the division? This is actually a huge game for the 49ers. They can't drop another one. Especially, man, when you start heading that direction, when you start losing back to back games, it's important to get off that skid, get off that slide. But they have a stiff opponent. The Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's what we got for the NFL. That's what we have for NCAA football. Jeremy, it's time for why we hate Oklahoma. The farewell edition. Rat me, boys! It's time for why we hate Oklahoma University. Jeremy, this is Brandon Phoenix, first of all, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Joined by my brother, Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix in the building. I hate Oklahoma because y'all love your fight song more than any team, university, or person I know. That fight song is so oversaturated, so overplayed. You would think it's Britney Spears in 1999. It's nonstop. Every event, it's constant and it's annoying. It's not even that great. I could see if it was like the Stormtrooper sound coming from USC. I could see how you would be infatuated with it, but it's not. It's overly happy. Super annoying, and I hate it. And because of it, I hate you. That's fairly frivolous, though. I'm sure that's what you're thinking. There's more to it. I hate Oklahoma because you haven't done anything 
outside of the conference that really ultimately matters for decades. And you know it. It's been so long since you climbed to the top of the mountain, the one that you talk so much about, that really the rest of the world has forgotten who you believe you are. Yet you talk about it non-stop. Guess what, guys? Barry Switzer's not walking through that door. Bob Stoops not walking through that door. Bob Stoops doesn't even care about you guys anymore. You know how I know? He wasn't at the final Bedlam game. You know, the one where you lost. He wasn't there to watch Drake Stoops get allegedly mugged on a play that he may not have caught, the pass. He was instead at an Iowa Hawkeyes football game. Think about how bad you must feel about OU football in the the year of our Lord 2023 to watch an Iowa Hawkeyes football game over Bedlam, the final Bedlam. Yeah, it seems I'm not the only one who hates you. So stick that in your back pocket. It goes further. You guys have the Sooner Schooner. What year is it? What year are we in? You're still riding that schooner? Upgrade. Like Beyonce said, let me upgrade ya. We can do better, guys. Speaking of doing better, why did you hire Jeff Levy? He's not just bad at his job, as many of you will attest to. He seems to be a person who is pretty obtuse. You see, you know, and I know, he's related to Art Bryles. And then he had the nerve to bring Art Bryles onto a field post-game, knowing all of the evil that Art Bryles was connected to. Did Jeff Levy apologize immediately? No. You know what Jeff Levy did? Jeff Levy doubled down. The, the, that's the grandparent, that's the grandpa to my, ch- to my children. Yeah, Jeff, we know. His butt ain't got no business on the field, and you knew that. But you know what? Jeff Levy doesn't care. Just like Jeff Levy evidently doesn't care about having a productive offense. Another reason to hate Oklahoma. I hate OU. And it's going to be so nice to go and do what Garrett Green has done once and make it twice. Run roughshod over you land-stealing gooners. Oh, who? Yeah, that's right. Oh, you about to get that tail cracked. Mountaineer style. Jahim White, CJ Donaldson, Garrett Green, and the rest of them boys finna go to Norman and finish the job that they got cheated out of two years ago. There will be no excessive blocking for you to rely on. You remember that call. There will be no excessive blocking for you to rely on. This time, the job will be finished, and the Mountaineers will win by at least two touchdowns. Jerry, give it to him. I have to be real with you guys. <clears throat> this is from the top of the dome, why I hate Oklahoma. And I'm going to be real. In our conference, the Big 12, this, you, every conference has a few teams that are 
and I mean, the truth is top notch. They're the ones who represent the conference when they go to the CFP. They're the ones who should be able to play with the big boys. Oklahoma was one of those. The whole time I've been, the whole time we have been in the Big 12, our juggernauts, our big dogs, have looked like puppies. Y'all were supposed to be it. Texas was supposed to be it. We came to this conference saying, hey, we're going to talk about the glory and what we have in this conference. Okay, you guys are winning the conference. Do something. Win a, win a CFP game. Win the national championship. Keep it in the Big 12. And you don't. And you can't. And our big dogs are fake big dogs. So fake that they have to go to another conference now. Honestly, like I came in thought thinking, hey, look, we're going to be strongly represented. We're going to show who we are. And then y'all bounced. I hate you so much because you did exactly what Miami and Virginia Tech did to us in the Big East. In the Big East, VT and Miami were the big dogs. I mean, they were. It's just how it was. And, and we needed and we needed to show it. And we're not, and Miami did that. And then next thing you know, you look up and they're bouncing, going to a new conference. And what have they did since being in their new conference? Nothing. Which is the exact same thing that's going to happen to you. You guys want to go to the SEC and do nothing. Okay, Texas beat Alabama this year. That tells me, listen, it tells you nothing. Look, I've seen conference change. I've watched it. This is not my first go-around. It's not your first go-around. You went to the new conference for money, so appreciate the money because y'all ain't winning nothing. Real talk. Y'all ain't winning nothing. The reason why I hate you, too, is I think about recently, like last week, you guys are going to talk about cheating and like, oh, if you look at this still shot, we were cheated against Oklahoma State. What? For as much as you fools cheat every single year, go watch the West Virginia-Oklahoma games. Go watch when they call, like Brandon said, excessive blocking. And then your fan base has the nerve to talk about cheating? The nerve to talk about cheating? Your whole premise, your whole basis, your whole team and school name is based off of cheating. You're called the Sooners. Because when there was land, there's people who left too soon. Whether you believe it was a gun being fired and people left too soon, or before the United States actually said you could go settle the territory, you went too soon. That's how you got your name. You're known for being cheaters. Look at Kansas and basketball. We all know them. Let's get on the same page. You go to Fog Island, you're going to get cheated. Hey, guess what, Oklahoma? Same thing. You go to Oklahoma at night, you go to Oklahoma for a football game, you're going to get cheated. And so now you guys want to point and talk about, oh, we were cheated. Shut up. You got the you guys have gotten the benefit of the doubt so many times. I don't, I I just it's just crazy. Stop it. I can't stand you. Because you guys don't understand that you've been given oh, the lion's share of calls. I hate you because of that. Let's talk about Tebow now. That boy out west. The interesting thing to me is when, when Rich Rod left West Virginia for Michigan, people just didn't understand what West Virginians were going through. And they always wanted to throw hate and shade and, oh, this is just what happens. And then it happens to them and they get it. They get it when LeBron decides, hey, I'm taking my talents to Miami. Oh, now now the whole state of Ohio, Ohio 
gets how West Virginia felt. Oklahoma may not have got it before, but now <laughs> that boy Al West goes to coach USC, doesn't, and by the way, let's, let's, hey, let's turn the knife, takes the quarterback, Caleb Williams, from you guys, goes to USC, oh, now you get it. I hate people who need something to happen to them to actually show empathy. But you get it now, don't you? Because Brett Venables is not it. And you don't have what USC has. And you see just how clearly the programs are not the same. Enjoy your couple wins, two losses in a row. But from now on, when you see people in tough spots, have some empathy instead of being so arrogant. I also hate you because you have the Jordan sign. Now, you may just think I'm a hater. But look, man, if, you, if, if you're going to get the Jordan sign on your uniform, at least do something. At least be about something. At least kill it. You got it and you waste it, man. You waste it. Brent Venables? A defensive coordinator? A lifetime defensive coordinator? That's who we decided to bring in? Y'all are embarrassing. I can't wait to get there. Let's see if your poorest defense, yeah, I'm saying that your poorest defense can hold up when you actually do get to see uh, C.J. Donaldson and Jahim, Jahim White and our quarterback. I can't wait. Let's get out there, and I can't wait to send you, you know, to the SEC, tip the cap to you, tip the cap to your irrelevance. See you later. Have a nice day. Go somewhere where you can't even win the Big 12. We out. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.